You're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yep. And you have been listening to Warate Ringo by Risa Taneda, which is the opening for From the New World or Shin Sekai Yori, which is a show that we're here to review today. You can find us at otakuspirit.com. That's where all of our news and reviews and coverage of new and old anime is. Our forum link at the top. Social media links on the right side. Um, but yeah, this is a show that I've been wanting to review for, or actually watch for a long time. I kept kind of dabbling in it here and there and i kept getting to this one certain point where things kind of just open up and then i go wow i don't know if i consumed all that and i want to go rewatch it but then i never get back to it i think i tried that about four times i i think i started it once or twice at least watched the first episode i know about the cats and i knew about the borders <laughs> and so yeah um but yeah this is a show that is currently you can find on crunchyroll um it ran for 25 episodes it's also available on blu-ray from uh sentai filmworks uh, it's an ad- adventure, drama, fantasy, horror, mystery, psychological, sci-fi. You can probably add five more genres to there if you want to. Dark, dark, dark and dark. I think that's in the horror part. <laughs> it's it's from a novel, uh, which was uh, then also turned into a manga, which I think they're still working on. And uh, the director is Masahi Ishihama, who has done work with uh, Night Raid, Garakoa, which was a movie here recently that Crunchyroll has, I believe. Uh, Speedgrapher and Kami Chu. The creator was uh, Yusuke Kishi, which I have never really found anything else on that person besides some novels. And the script work was done by Yoshiko Nakamura, who has done work for Month of Girls and Zaki-kun, ReZero, which is interesting, and uh, Junjo Mermantica. Yeah, that actually is very interesting. Yeah, I think I only did like episode, episode work, but uh, it's an interesting little bit there. And the studio was A1 Pictures, who's done Erased, Fairy Tale, Sora Online, Your Lie in April, Sakana, How to Raise a Boy and Girlfriend, Anthem of the Heart, Grimgar, Fantasy Nash, all that kind of work. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this show from the New World basically uh, starts off, you meet a, a cast of friends who are kind of friends from childhood, uh, Saki, Shun, Satoru, uh, Maria, and Mamoru, and they are in this village. You're missing one. And also Rico. But yeah, they're, they're a group of friends. It kind of starts out, and they're really, really young together. And they're out in this kind of really, uh, it seems like a feudal Japan kind of era setting. And they're, of course, at the same time, they're also taking part in a certain school. At a very young age, it seems like these these children in this particular village, they get like a rite of passage where suddenly their, their psychic powers awaken, so to speak. 
And when their psychic powers awake, they get ta- they get taken by themselves to the certain location where they seal away their power, and then they open their doors up to their future. And it seems like a, a really, really important thing because we follow Saki right off the bat, and she her power awakens, and her family is really overjoyed by this. And she's taken off to this this little ritual that she does does the ritual, and then she's taken into the school where she's supposed to go to, and she's reunited with her friends who have you know have gained that passage before her, and so they're really excited that she's finally arrived. It took her so long to get there, so it's almost like they're they're children, and then at some point their psychic powers awaken. And they're taken and they're allowed to come into the, the fold of becoming, you know, it's like a rite of passage. They then become uh, into adulthood. They go in their training and so forth. And the interesting thing is that from that point, they're kind of doing their class thing. They're, they're learning their abilities and how to control them. And at the same time, there's kind of this mystery that's happening in the background where certain people are kind of going missing and they don't quite know what happened to them. And all these kind of rumors that surround what is going on in the village that the children are kind of interested in, they're afraid of, but you realize really quickly that this school seems to be conditioning them to understand a certain way, certain things of the world. Like they point out constantly in their schooling of the, uh, the karmic demons who are these, these evil spirit, these people that fall into darkness. And then there's the ogres who are also people who kind of are these, uh, these, terrible things from beyond the borders and they're supposed to stay within these borders because that so is there, there's constantly these these stories that are being told to kind of keep them in check and then uh, later on this particular group of friends they go off on a camping trip together and at some point in their camping trip they decide to kind of go off the beaten tra- the trail that they're not supposed to go to but they kind of go to it anyways and it's there that they kind of run into a being and this being gives them information that kind of expands what has happened throughout the time. And I, I kind of wanted to get to this certain point of the story because I think this is where this show just opens up for me personally because this is where it kind of gives you a full laydown of what has happened in the past thousands of years in this world. And it really kind of opens up everything as to how they got to where they're at. And I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, this 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 show... When we were watching it, uh, like I said, I, I really wanted to get through it, and it's one that I've tried multiple times, and it's not necessarily because I had issues with the show, it's just that it was so much in it that I felt I wasn't gathering at all, and it, a lot of it happened at that certain point, and I think it was like, what, the fifth episode? Fourth. Fourth episode, where the story just kind of opens up, and it is, to be honest, it is a huge information dump that happens with that episode. But what was cool is it was information that I was like, I want all of this, and I'm absorbing it all, so it doesn't bother me so much. And they're giving you some visuals to go along with it. It's not just dialogue. And it it's one of those shows that, as we went through it, and it got towards the end, I'm just going, I've never had a single moment in this show where it's not trying to unpack something that I am completely invested in and I'm, I'm wanting to know more of. Uh, it's, a, it's a show that, in the end of it, I go... How can I, I, I this this show easily? I think I tweeted multiple times. This this show is going to end up in my top list of all time because there wasn't a bit of it that I wasn't absorbed in. wasn't a bit of it that was unpacking something that I wasn't interested in. It's a very creative world. It is a huge world, and it's got so many mechanics to it and uh, through lines of its plot that 
are never wasted, and it always seems to come around to its its own in the end. If that makes sense. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. okay. But I think it's it's great that to have a show like this that has so many things to unpack and have it done so well. I think the only thing that I really was kind of the only th- the only thing that doesn't give this show a perfect score for me, if if I were to give it a perfect score, is the only thing that it actually has a flaw in. I think is probably the visuals. I like the visuals. It's it's always moving. It's very creative. It's very artistic at times. I love the character artwork, the the outfits that they're in. They're just beautiful outfits, creative in that in that regard. It's just I think a lot of people that have watched it know the the certain point where they uh, they first the kids are kind of out in the out and about and they're being chased. There's a certain episode episode point where it just seems like the art style completely changes, like somebody else was doing it, and it just looks. It's not that it looks bad. It's just it looks. Uh, like too close, like you're too close to the characters, and you're just catching like their collarbone as they're walking by or something like that. And it just it looks stylistically different, and then it kind of just very slowly kind of steps back. But the beginning of the show will look beautiful, um, but throughout the entire show, it still has a very artistic look to it. It's still very fluent. It still moves very well, and then it kind of goes into the realm of every now and then it just. It knocks it out of the park. I mean, there's a certain point where an explosion happens, and one of the characters is thrown up in the air, and it just looks beautiful. Like they 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 have the flow of the wind happening and everything like that. It's just a when they want to, they did some really creative artistic stuff. I, I definitely want to compound on that uh, visually, artwork wise. I I I didn't have any problem with it. I think it looks great. Uh, it's it. Even even the episodes where Andrew was mentioning the the differences in artwork, I. Yeah, it was it was visually noticeable, but I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it looked really, really good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think the to come back to the and the music as well is some very beautiful music. Uh, lots of uh, vocal chorus tracks and stuff like that are included in there. And I love the uh, I wouldn't really call it the opening. It's really the ending because they always they always just kind of uh, foot bookend every single episode with one song. It never had an opening song. It just kind of episode starts you're going right into the show and it's got the beautiful music playing in the background with some great chorus uh a lot of repeated tracks but they're just beautiful uh pieces that i just loved um definitely mood mood pieces that definitely impact uh whatever situation was going on usually dark (laughs) but yeah just going back to the mechanics and everything else in the story i there was this great emphasis throughout the entire beginning of the show where they were really hitting on a lot of little points and I like that a lot of things, although they're confusing at first, they kind of get explained later on as being a crucial point to the story. Uh, a lot of the things that involve the characters and how they're going about their class. This is going to be very difficult to try to dance around this stuff, by the way. Um, a lot of the classes that they take, they're, they're compounding on certain aspects that the children are supposed to learn. Uh, there's a lot of mechanics to how... Uh, mankind has gotten to the where they're at. They talk a lot about how their genes were altered and the the genes that they were implanted with and they were born with and that they were conditioned with create certain mechanics. They have this thing that they call the uh, the shame of death, and the shame of death was probably one of the coolest thing they had in the show. It was just this certain element that prevented. Uh, certain things from happening again. They they, they they have this world that they've created that they're trying to kind of undo what has happened in the past. And it's really cool that they have this mechanic into it. 
and then to get into the 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 fact they have these psychic uh, psychic powers and how those psychic powers work, how they're sealed away and how maybe somebody can unseal them. All those kind of things are really cool little things that kind of sprinkle throughout the story and they're constantly harped on to create another cool little plot point that in the end kind of all the ending I think was fantastic. I mean I I never really had a single point in the entire show that I did not enjoy and the ending was one of those endings that it took everything and it brought it back together perfectly and it I to have a show that has so many things to unpack, so many mechanics to unpack, and then have it all kind of come back together at the end perfectly is something you don't... I was I was honestly expecting with the show that I was going to go, okay, I love the show, I love it, it's so great. And I was like, okay, and I know it's probably going to flub the ending. And it doesn't. It just, it, it, it knocks out of the park with the ending as well. So, that was also cool. I've been talking too much. Do you want to... Well, I, I'm bit. trying to let you gu- pile your gushes on, so... <laughs> It gives me time to think because I'm constantly going. How am I going to talk about this without spoiling things? <laughs> the um, the uh, definitely the writing. I want to make this very clear. I thought the writing was absolutely genius. Um, it hit a lot of good points, very well thought out plot lines all the way through towards the end. I liked a lot of the um, what do you want to call it? The foreshadowing that they did. They would add in these these little stories that the kids would 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 read in class while they were getting as they were going on through mundane scenes um and you would have these little little snippets of stories that the kids well, it was would was a thing read. of here is the story there might be truth to it there might not be and then you got like the reveal towards the later parts you kind of see it what it actually is in reality kind mm-hmm. of thing. i guess the best way to put it yeah uh, um i i definitely loved when uh when the uh "Quote unquote story dump that Andrew was talking about earlier. When that happened, um, I thought that it 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 opened up the world and it was very interesting, very well thought out, uh, and even little thing, little snippets in that little section where you think that yeah, a lot of it has to be important. You don't know how it's all important, but as the jigsaw pieces came together at the end." that's when you started to finally figure out, okay, this is how this world works. And I thought that was all really well done. It's nice to have a show that even though you have like an information dump like that or you have all these little doofy stories the kids are being told, that nothing is really insignificant. I don't, I don't really recall anything that they kind of bring up or a mechanic they bring up that is, not, uh, that is insignificant. Everything ends up having some kind of meaning. Everything is told for a purpose. Everything is learn for a purpose everything is revealed for a purpose and that's not even to get into the uh the uh i'm I'm forgetting the name that they gave the monster rats colonies and stuff like that i mean it was like you have the here's the school and here's the stuff that kids are learning and then at some point they walk across these two little you know looks like rat people things that are off the side of the the road it's like getting into them and their colonies and i thought that was going to be an insignificant thing and that ends up being something significant i mean it nothing that is touched is ever as insignificant i like i like how you have the fact there's these kids and they're walking along and there's these these rat creatures and they turn around they treat them as gods and it's like well i guess it makes sense because they have these psychic powers and you know obviously these are you know these half brain things that can barely speak uh, a word of japanese or whatever english that they they would see them as gods, and to kind of compound on that later, like having these kids on the, these the side of the battlefield of these of these uh, these uh, 
monster rats and having the person walk up to them and just speak to the kid as a god. And it's like, it just, it seems so weird, but it's just, that is this world and how it's compounded. And some of the conversations between the kids and these, and these monster rats and your, I guess the, the ignorance that the kids have to what the, the monster rats would view the world as are just fascinating to me. I, I love how rich this world is and how everything just seems to work perfectly in that, in that regard. Still gushing. Yeah, that's why. Should I talk about the view, the visuals again so I can have a little bit of negativity in there again? Don't don't get me wrong. It's not like the, the visuals ruined the show for me. It, I think it still looked fantastic all the way through. I mean, and I, I, I think the only thing that I would probably, if you wanted to drag something negative out of me, would probably be the characters not having huge personalities. But as you kind of watch the show, at some point there's a realization of why the characters are the way they are. Um, why you don't have certain archetypes if you were looking for certain archetypes in the world is the best way I can put it. Is there a significant reason behind that? But I still feel that certain characters still have dramatic uh, build over time. You see that they, they, they've seen some kind of change in their life over time. But it still sucks because there's so much more I want to get into, but every time I think of something I want to get into that I loved about this show, it's like I don't know if that's technically too much spoilery. And the reasons for liking something and... And pointing out something that you really like kind of implies that there's something significant to it, even though it's supposed to be insignificant at the beginning, I guess is the best way to put it, mm-hmm. is that's the problem that I'm facing. But just to know, it is a, it's a fantastic series. I, I loved it from beginning to end. It Even if it was 25 episodes, it was just, it was so much that it was unpacking. It, it, it pretty much spans like four different parts of a lifetime. I thought this was going to be something like uh, Nagyasu, where it's like, you know, one half and another half, two different time periods. But this one is just like four different segments of time periods that's going through these children's life. And it's just really, really cool to kind of unpack all that stuff as it goes through its 25 episodes and to have all the the plot lines it's getting into, all the mechanics it's getting into, and then getting into this kind of final uh, way of tying it all together was just absolutely fantastic. Like I said, it's going to go easily go into my top list. I'm not sure exactly where it's going to go because... I say that, and then I realize, oh, crap, that's right. All this good stuff is in the top five area, but I want to shove it up there in the top five if I can. Um, that's just how much I love to show. Because everybody knows I love worlds, and I love this one's just got so much world in it. So I eat it all up. Well, speaking of characters, this is where I have my hard time with this show. I, I don't want to downplay this show too much, but if you are very character-driven like I am, this show is... I had a really hard time getting through even for probably the first three quarters, almost to the near the end before I started actually caring about what was going on as far as the characters were concerned. I don't want to downplay the show though, because I, and and if you have watched the show, when you hear, I will probably be jumping in a lot more in the second half when, when we start doing the spoiler discussion. Because that's where I think that a lot of the really cool stuff about this show is. But bear in mind, if you're very character-driven, this show, it took me a very long time to get on board with these characters. I don't disagree with Andrew. There is development over the course of the entire show. But it takes a very har- it's very hard to get invested in these characters at least for me anyway and remember a lot of this stuff is subjective so some somebody may connect with these characters really quickly and where i didn't i kind of got a connection connection with them more in the idea that they're you're kind of with them 
you you get a you get a, a like I said earlier you get a solid reason as to why they are the way they are and you're if you're looking for that character to be the overly bubbly character there's a reason why they're in that I mean this is a very grounded and serious kind of show and it doesn't get into the idea of having a bubbly character I'm not saying you're looking for a bubbly character specifically um, but I think it has reasons for that and even still it's more about the world I was telling Chris it's like it's not to say the show has ten percent characters it's just the fact that it has ninety percent tons of world. And so that 10% is still significant. It's just there's a ton of world that it's unpacking. And if you want that world and you're, you're wanting that lore and that, that backstory and that, that world development, the me- mechanic development, you're going to just eat all this stuff up. It's just one of those things where over time the characters finally have that kind of connection they're having because they're constantly trying to seek out this world and find their own in a world that is very – this is what this you're born here you go here next and this is where you're you're going i mean it's a world that is it seems very early on that there's a lot of rules put on these children i mean just the idea that you can't go past the border off the bat you you, we're going off this beaten path over here but we're not supposed to go over here they're told specifically this is what you're supposed to be doing to have you know huge difference between the characters seems a little bit lost but i don't fall in but at the same time it was one of those ones where at some point i i think i remember asking chris like did it, did it lose you yet? And he's like, it never had me. And I'm like, it just hurts me because I'm like, I am loving this show so much. And it hurts me that you don't just love it to death like I am right now. And like I said, that was like, what? We were like, what, eight episodes in or something like that? Yeah, it was quite a it was quite a bit in. But I was, it was one of those shows where I think we we didn't really talk back and forth the entire time like we normally do. Because I was afraid that he would say something negative and it would upset me. And so I was... As we're trucking I mean, through yeah, 25 episodes, I'm going, crap, he's having to deal with 25 episodes. I'm loving these 25 episodes so much. I'm constantly like, well, next episode, Chris, next episode, Chris, next episode, Chris, next episode, Chris. And I just like, I know, I know that he's not enjoying as much as I am, but I'm just, just lost. And, and, and I do, I do want to make it very clear. It, do not misunderstand. I, I appreciate this world quite a bit. And like I said, when, if you are one of the people who've listened, watched this show, and you listen to, I mean, if you like Andrew's thing and you go and watch this, the spoiler discussion, I will be a lot more in, involved in because I there is a lot here. Please do not misunderstand what I'm saying about this show. Because He's afraid of spoilers more than I am. <laughs> I, I am very afraid of spoilers, and I don't want to talk about any of the points that I did truly like because there is things in here. I did not hate this show. I, 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 I would rank it probably mid-high for me. I'm, I'm not going to top it because, like I said, I was not connecting to any of the characters, maybe except for Kuromaru. Kuromaru was the best girl. He was awesome. But yeah, some of those characters at the very end of the show I started very much connecting to, but it was more because I had gotten to a point where I... That their their character writing is very consistent through the entire show. So what you get at the very beginning, you will see it, you will understand their mindset, and they move at a very methodical, very well thought out pace. the The things that they are doing are always on point as to how they are going to react. That is exactly the way you will understand it and why it is that way. It is very clear why they are making the decisions that they are making. As Andrew was saying, the the entire idea of these are children who are very, very sheltered is the best way to put it. 
and you will understand it and it will make sense all the way through. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go off into a we're gonna do a closing and then we're gonna go into some spoiler discussions and it's really more of stuff to kind of explain why we love what we or why I love what I love and why he loves what he loves about the show or what he doesn't like about the show. So keep that in mind as we go out the conclusion and come back and just, if you have not watched the show, run away from this thing. But we appreciate you guys listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this review and me gushing the hell back and all that good jazz. Uh, you can find us at otakuspirit.com. It's where we can find our news, reviews, and coverage of new and old anime, as well as our community at the forum link at the top. Social media links on the right side. Uh, we're going to close with uh, Yuki ni Saku Hana by Kana Hanazawa. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy that. And you'll take care. Os. Nani back and uh again this is going to be full-on spoilers for from the new world or shinsekai yori so if you have not watched this show it's a good idea to run away at this point because everything from this point on is full-on spoilers um but yeah the, the death of shame i think was the first thing that i want to talk about i like the death of shame thing because it was this thing that they are institutionalized to uh under it's almost like a brainwashing that they have placed upon them mixed with uh what was the what was the other one it was the it was the affection thing they get put planted into yeah. them in their genetics, but I think they they kind of mentioned more the idea that the uh, the death of shame was more institutionalized, and it was cool that they had that whole mechanic put into there because it was that thing that prevented them from touching each other because they had this huge fear from the past where people were just killing each other that that would happen again. So I think one of the coolest things this show brought about was this idea of the entire time they're they're scared to death of this concepts, these things that are being pushed upon them. But at the same time, you can't really blame the, the parents because what ends up happening is exactly what they're trying to prevent. This idea of what, what happens if an ogre appears. And granted, it technically wasn't an ogre in the end, but it's still this idea. Of course, at, at the very beginning, I thought it was going to be Maria because they, they really early on said if she wasn't alive or if, if she wasn't around, so many people wouldn't have died. And I was immediately thinking this is going to be a, the ogre is going to, something's going to happen to Mamoru. She's going to come back and she's going to kill a bunch of people. And that's going to be what she was meaning. But it was cool. This idea that there's this fear of these ogres because of you exactly what they can do. That statement was made in like episode one or two. Yeah. Very early on. Yeah. It was like super early. 
That's what I mean. It's like I was stuck on that comment. Mm-hmm. I could not let that thing go. So I was constantly going, what is Maria going to do? Because she seems so nice. <laughs> but yeah, it was really cool. I like I like the concept of the the, the the shame of death, the death of shame, because it was just this one concept of this is why they're doing all the stuff that they're doing. And it seems like it's wrong. I mean, they're brainwashing the children, basically re- erasing their mind, reworking them. All for the sake of preventing this one thing, and you're thinking this, these are bad parents. All this, they're they're basically taking children away and getting rid of them. They're they're sending the the cats after them. I mean, this is just a nasty world. But here's why: because one person can kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's it's always this element of who who exactly is the bad guy here. I mean, they're they're technically trying to prevent something, but at the same time, do you have an alternative? Is the question. You hate this, but what's the alternative? And I think that's what. They were getting into Asaki and, and Satoru at the very end was this idea of, we want to change this. But you, you notice that it doesn't change right off the bat. It's not like, here's future Saki and she's pregnant and they're changing everything for their children. No, they're like, they, they made the note that hopefully we change things at the right. right time you read it or something like that. Right. Really, really cool. Something you want to get into? We'll just pass it back and forth. I I got, what, like four pages of notes here? <laughs> <laughs> I made a whole bunch of notes, too, but they're kind of like little snippets. Yeah. Like, like karmic, I just have karmic demon. It's like I can just think of a whole bunch of stuff about the karmic demons and how that well, was always shooing. And- but my brain doesn't work like that. And, and, and Andrew, I, I think you looked at my notes, right? I skimmed through it. It's I was a, like, I thought, they were gonna be notes for the, I, I thought they were going to be notes for the podcast. And I'm like, these are all spoilers. So this is going to be for the spoiler talk, apparently. Yeah. It's pretty much all spoiled. One of the things that I got most out of this show, and I and I and remember, this is very subjective. Other people may get vastly different things. Um, everything I looked up online, it didn't look like anybody picked up my, what I picked up. So, um, but I, this is one of those shows that uh, we we had had a while ago a discussion about overanalyzing shows or something like that. And and one of the things that I pointed out is unless the show just flat out comes at you and just says this is what I am saying here. And and I don't I don't know that a lot of shows are doing this. And this is one of those art pieces where I do believe it had a lot to say. Um yeah, the characters weren't vastly strong to me, but one thing that did come out to me and came out very strong was the idea of this person has something to say about societies. I'm going to say societies as multiple because I do believe that the rat, the rat, the monster rats were doing one thing involving societies. The the world up here was doing things as societies. There was um, a vast something, especially at the very end, um, involving involving uh, Squealer at at the Squira or whatever. At the, at the very end. The jerk. That for some reason they made me try to like at the very end. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> but no, they. it was one of those things that that final reveal was like, wow. I, I had this sneaking suspicion that that was there, but I wasn't really sure. And then they finally kind of like popped it right there at the end. And I was like, gotcha. That's what it all was. And you just like solidified it. And the the monster rats are very interesting dichotomy in involving the children because the children are in this unaware state as andrew was saying because like like i had mentioned earlier they're very very sheltered they think institutionalized they're in- institutionalized this is a this is a society of control everything is very locked down very tight only allowed to know what you need to know 
And it was cool to know that the to find out the kids the, the kids that were following like Sakishun, Satoru, and all them are they're actually different than everybody else. Everybody else is like constantly oh, yeah. refreshed. Their their minds are being warped constantly. That the ones that we follow, they specifically didn't touch because right. they wanted them to be future leaders. So it's like I think you you point out somewhere in your notes that they keep they keep telling the story about the uh, the karmic demon and the ogre because right. they have to retell it. Yes, <laughs> I was like that's so crazy. Yeah, it, it was one of those things that I kind of noticed off as a side note while I was looking. I was specifically looking for those stories because I was I thought that the stories themselves were interesting because they. They they have a lot of lot of things in in each one of those little uh, little stories. I, I mean, there was don't be prideful. Don't go past yeah. The border. Don't be prideful. Don't don't go past don't the border. Make sure that you check with your adults. Um, don't listen harm to with the others. yeah. Listen to the adults. It was all kinds of stuff in there that was just kind of these. It, they were kind of like the Aesop fable, uh, and yet at the same time they were these people's versions of those and they were good because what they did was they kind of implanted these ideas that you have to have you have to understand these are the rules this the, these rules are there in place for a reason yet these were the only kids that were really questioning those and i thought that that was an interesting thing um how did i get off on this side tangent i just i totally derailed you <laughs> but that's it's cool because that's what exactly what we end up getting when we find out that they are not being reset, so to speak. They're not getting their mind altered. So there's yeah, the reason the only- why they keep following after it. They've, they've had parts of their mind re- erased, but they've never had a full release like the rest of the entire class does. Right. They were the only ones who were allowed to do critical thinking. And which I think that that is one of the biggest things that you can come away from the show with is is critical thinking versus thought control, basically. And then on the grander scale, you have... Um, Almost an authoritarian versus freedom, mm-hmm. Re- really, where you get into the nuts and bolts of what was going on. Because everything, like I like I was saying earlier, everything is controlled. Uh, oh, I got to what you're getting to. You were talking about the institutionalizing because of the the uh, mutant rats, right? The monster rats. I'm sorry. The monster rats was interesting because how they fit into the whole grand scheme was actually. The interesting dichotomy was it was in the the respect of seeing it from the kids' perspective, looking at what they were seeing with the uh, the the monster rats, and basically this this came off to me as almost a form of racism from the perspective of the quote unquote higher race. I'm not I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying that's how it was looking like. And at the very end, when they got to the whole nuts and bolts, he was he was up there. He was saying, "I am human," and everybody else was looking at him like <laughs> a beast is sitting here trying to tell me that he is a human. And that's how racism is. And and it, it was such a I don't want to say it's beautiful because it's disgusting and very absolutely abhorrent. But well, also, the cool thing is, it gives you those mixed emotions. Like the entire time, whenever these kids would walk up to these these uh, monster rats, and they were just. They're just standing there taking their notes for school, and the, here comes, you know, Karomo. He walks up, and he's like, Goddess, thank you for being here and blessing this battlefield or something like that. And it's like, this is a kid. The kid doesn't even understand why there's that much uh, reverie there. And then they have, like, later on where uh, Karomo Maru talks about uh, how they was also planning the idea of taking over. And it's like, these kids were shocked. They were like, why would you do that? You were loyal to us. And it's like, because at any time you could kill us. Yeah. I mean... 
<laughs> I mean, we, and, and we don't Ka- like you. <laughs> Kiromaru is is absolutely the the one of the most the best examples of it. He he he, he was, was sympathetic. Like he was so honorable, and yeah. then to have that moment where he says that, you're like, oh, you're shocked, but at the same time, you're going, but that's not really shocking. No, I mean, it, there's it's no very reason true. why that should be shocking. He he was sympathetic to Squiller's ideas, but at the same time, he was not. He didn't want to attack the humans because he's seen something and 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 I say humans because that's what they were they were separated along that line for the longest time and yet I know they it's basically are basically <laughs> psychs and humans. Yeah. But it, it was one of those things that at the very end he, he was he was the one that stood between the two groups and and the, it was really cool. I loved the idea of the children being the ones who humored the uh, the monster rats at the beginning. And Squila being being the one who took advantage of it. I hated the fact that he was taking <laughs> advantage of it, but I liked it in the grand scheme of things now that I've seen the entire story. It didn't redeem him in my eyes, but it's still, I understood what he was doing. I understood his motivations in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Even though he messed up his queen bad. <laughs> it was cool to have the idea of the... Um the it sucked because it, it, the entire time they kept talking about the the idea of another ogre being out there i was constantly th- hoping it would be Mar- maria like it, we have to have maria come back but the one it it appears as the messiah or aki it was like that moment of yeah. going darn so it was actually their bones cuz at some point tomika yeah, was exactly. like these are, these i are totally bones. missed it totally like, missed it no did Skinner do that no i thought i thought tomika was uh, was trying to cover it up for saki that's what I thought. When Tamako said, no, these are definitely her bo- their bones, I was like, she must be covering for Saki. But then, yeah, that, to realize it later on, it was literally Squealer killed them, brought the bones, and took Aki or Messiah away. So it was like, oh, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't until I had, as I was looking up information for this stuff, I suddenly randomly found a, a note of the, the idea that the bones were actually theirs. And I was like, Holy crap! Well, they sold it. <laughs> they kept selling it so much. I mean, that's like when Squealer arrives with uh, Karomaro in the in that whole meeting. It was like I so thought Squealer was going to use that against Saki, you know, to to twist her to make her, you know, help him in some way in that room. And it was like, no, literally, he knows it. They're already dead. <laughs> hmm. Just sucks so bad. Um, so, yeah. other 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 notes of interest that I caught that I don't know. That a lot of people would catch, um, uh, the borders of the sacred uh, sacred barrier, reminded me of an iron curtain, uh, rejecting outside influence from this inside community. Which is funny because technically they were influencing the outside world with their yeah. <laughs> leaking psych <laughs> or their leaking power or their cantus apparently is what it's originally called their cantus. Children are sheltered uh, from absolutely everything, forced to think a certain way, no critical thinking allowed. Anything that could possibly be negative in any way is brushed away in hopes of not causing any upsets. This is this is visible in in the little competition that they had. Uh, They they uh, when one of the kids cheated in the in the uh, during the little competition. I was like, that stupid bully. Oh, he got what was coming to him. <laughs> He's under the ground. It's like, don't be a bully at school because you'll just get put into the ground. It's a bad place to be a bully. That, and that's kind of what I was getting to the idea of these characters having no personality or bubbliness. It's like, I, I texted Chris at some point. I was like, it is. It, it goes to show you how firm and well-built the world is and the idea that there's technically going to be no bu- 
bully character in the show. There's going to be no Sundere character. There's going to be no uh, hyper Genki character. There's going to be no uh, I just fail at everything character. There's going to be no overachiever because in this world, it's like if you don't fall within this boundary, you just disappear. I mean, it's, there's no outside of this one personality because they're so institutionalized. Impure Cat. One of the more interesting uh, kind of tools that were used in this world. I like how they use it. I mean, there was there was so much dread behind that. I mean, they they yeah. kept harping on how, like the shadow around the corner and they were terrified. Or uh, when Momoro kept getting attacked, it was like they they never really revealed exactly who saved him. Who I would assume it's Shun, but Shun was already gone unless he was influencing it in some way. Uh, Momoro. Oh, I thought that he did it himself. It Just could have been Shun, but I, I killed yeah. it. Because he was talking about, like, he, I mean, he's walking down the hallway, and literally, it's behind him, and it just, it just gets killed instantly. But yeah, I liked the, the keep, they kept using that, and I loved how there was certain scenes, like, when Saki went to, went to the, uh, the ethics community, or, or not the ethics committee, the, uh, was it the ethics committee, uh, committee? There was two committees, education committee and the ethics committee. Tomiko, Tomiko was the ethics, so it, she was in front of the education then. No, there was tons of them. There was like there was a wildlife no, no, protection. No, 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 no. There was no, those were the council. two. Those were the two that really had the power. They were the ones who yeah. could decide if somebody. She, yeah. never, she never really ever spoke up. There was like one moment she spoke. I, just, I love that whole that whole meeting room because they're just they're just hammering Saki, and then they're they're literally about to the point where they're going to basically get rid of her, and then here comes Tomiko, and like Tomiko's best. So awesome. She walked she in. She was epic. And you could tell, like, the lady behind the counter loves her because she's just, like, she's all flushed and, like, everything. And it was really, really cute. But then to walk into the back scene where Tamako and Saki goes in the back and she's like, were those cats there for me? And it was like, there's just, like, four cats just sitting there. And it's like, oh, my gosh. She was, like, this close to death. It just, I love that sense of dread that they had in those things. The uh, the impure cat uh, was used for... Uh, as fear to keep children in control. It was also used as a tool for eugenics uh, to maintain the perfect race. Uh, Examples of this are Rieko, which we had mentioned before is one of the... See, I wouldn't even use the term perfect race because it was technically a way of preventing tragedy. Well, if you consider things later on, uh, I was going to get into that at a later point, but the pairing, actually. It was something that was done at a very, very odd point in the show that I totally, I knew it was there and it was itching me in the back of my head and I wanted to get to it. Um, but if you consider that they are taking away all the children who do not show their their power, they get rid of those. The yeah. ones who have problems, they get rid of those. They even talk about the idea that Tomiko, at one point, she's giving Psyche the uh, the the rundown of the uh, the ogres and the karmic demons, and they at one point were taught. She was talking about the karmic de- demons, and she was talking about the one girl and how she was super sweet and really loved her to death, but they couldn't let her continue on, even if they could figure out a way to control her power. They couldn't let her breed because if she bred. There, the the children of that girl would have even higher chance of becoming karmic demon. Well, no, the the problem was is really that, yeah, I can see it in the idea that they, it's one of those things where the reason why they they got rid of them if they didn't show their power within a certain amount of time is because then they would be human, and the humans aren't there. Nobody not, doesn't have power. You would then have that divide that was happening before, where you would have 
people that are human that can basically kill the uh i don't know if they would I guess well, that's a question. The, the, they never really specifically said that if you don't have psych power, if you still have the the shame no, no, of death. no. They kind of implied that between between the but that was the be- only calling that I've seen in the, in the show. The rest of it was to prevent. No, tragedy. they they also pointed out the 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 monster rats would take them. It was between the monster rats or the 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 impured uh, cats. Yeah, yeah, both of them were were the ones that were taking away the children that were not making. They were killing them. Yes, they were they weren't specifically them. taking them and, and breeding them or anything. They were just no, 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 killing no. them. They were killing them because he, that means that means, points out they have an area with a bunch of bones. That that what what I'm implying is that implies the others, the ones that do succeed and do continue on, are the ones that are going to continue in the gene pool. That's eugenics, right? But I'm just saying specifically that it is a tool there but only to not have that divide happen again, whereas later on it's more of a to prevent tragedy. If you have a karmic demon, he's going to mutate everybody around them. If you have uh, somebody that ends up becoming an ogre, they're going to kill everybody. So it's a, you had to prevent these things to prevent tragedy, and that was that kind of concept we were talking about earlier. It's all subjective. <laughs> I'm not arguing. <laughs> anyway, um, I seen this in Rico, which at the very beginning she was the one that um, there was actually six in group one, and had to bring her up. Yes. She's my, Yuri. she's, yeah, yeah, she's my Yui. I, I kind of made a note <laughs> joking about the idea. This show was doomed from the beginning because the first character we see get basically taken out was his favorite voice actress. And she had freckles. Can you believe it? <laughs> but no, they, uh, they killed her off because she had weak so control of her powers. Subconsciously, he always hated the show. Yeah. It was, it was just in my head and I didn't even realize it. And the other one, like I said, we mentioned earlier, the boy who cheated in the in the thing. They were both killed. There's two sections of control, like I had mentioned earlier. There's the education community committee, uh, who's in in control of ensuring the children grow to and remove the defects, i.e., the ones that don't make it, the ones who have problems, the ones who cheat. That's they are in control of that. This is actually mentioned later. Um, it's used as a justification for authoritarian dis- society. Individuals, individual rights uh, under previous uh, ethics committee are recognized at 22 months post-conception. It was later po- uh, pushed back to 17 years after birth because of the incident involving Boy K. That was the story that Tomiko had mentioned to Psyche. So the the uh, education committee has full and total control over whether or not to terminate a child for whatever reason they decide necessary. Yeah, so they're basically over the children and, and their young age and making that decision. But there's an ethics committee that's pretty much overall all still the adults. Also that's that's the wildlife the... protection group, which was the ones that actually go out and manage things on the outside. There was also the occupations council, which I think was the crazy dude with the mustache. They never really got into the occupational. Right. Well, so many these the, choose where they go. Yeah, the ethics committee is actually in control of the adults and how they all work. And then that's where you get your sub subgroups involved all with all the technically the ethics committee is over the education committee, but they try not to yeah, inter- she inter- she inter- specifically said that she doesn't try to mingle except for really rare occasions. <laughs> all right, para, uh let's see. We got the uh, Parasimants, which uh, that was actually in episode 11. That was actually a – it's a system designed so that uh, the girls get what the girls, the boys get what the boys whenever they want. They don't mind. They don't care. Um, but the the two 
proceed in the future, they have to have babies. And so they have these pair assignments, which are they choose one one person that they are interested in from the other race or from the other sex. And that that goes forward into the future. That was actually done during episode 11. Um, and they during that time, they were jumbling around with uh, uh, stuff involving their memories with Shun. So it was really kind of a side note that uh, was definitely involved in the world building, but while they were discussing it makes a the lot bigger of, issue in It makes a lot of sense, the idea that early on it had this concept of they have these genes put into them from these uh, apes or whatever, and that made them want to to uh it, it gets whenever they get high anxiety they want to connect with another one of their kind and so that was the one thing that was a it's a i know it's a huge hang-up for a lot of people is the fact there's yuri and yaoi scenes throughout this entire show it's like no technically that was only in the early parts because when that moment comes they are basically both the fact that the plot kind of starts to pick up at that point and also the fact that they're kind of looking more in their future and that kind of stares away from that is the reason why behind that so it seems like it disappears at some point. <laughs> I mean, they still have affection for each other, but that that gene doesn't seem to be a, a huge prominence in the show. Like, like at some point after they got back, and it kind of jumps. It is the third jump forward in time where they're kind of more more young adultish, but they're still in school. It seems like everybody's all over each other, and it's like, what are we doing right now? It's like everybody is just clinging all over each other, all over the place, and then just kind of stops. And so that would probably be the the reason why. The, the grander scheme of what I've seen out of this was, like I said earlier, the authoritarian versus freedom. And I see this in a lot of it because they were talk, they would talk about how much um, – and this is actually in your notes too. It was You were kind of implying the idea of um, what, what, is, what justifies um, the, the, the control. I think it's what, how much evil – do you allow or something like that? Is well, it- it's more the idea of how you might see that these parents are evil for what they're doing, but if you realize what they're preventing, what do you have an alternative decision that you would have made to make it not happen? That's like I was saying when when Saki's later and she's pregnant, it's like it's not like they have a let's just do this and everything's fixed. It's like no, they're doing this for a reason, even though it does seem very very cruel, right? And that's and that's one of the biggest things that came out of it for me is is the idea of how much control do you give to a society before you lose all of your freedoms and that's and that's one of the things that I kind of seen more than anything that came out of the grand scheme of this show. Yeah, I mean it was it was seen especially with Maria and uh, Momoro. It was, it was like literally we just want to be left alone. We're gonna go. We're just gonna go leave. And we're gonna run off. Just leave us alone. And then Saki gets back and they're like, no, you don't realize. Every single village is going to be looking for them. It's not just us. The there's all these other. I mean, we're the one that they're in. I think is uh, Kamisu sixty six. It's like so. At least there's sixty six villages. At least, and so at least one of these villages is going to find them eventually, and they're going to literally kill them. They're not going to question it. They're going to kill them because they're afraid that these people walking past their village are going to become an ogre and then kill their village. So it was like that. Literally, that sense of. You have no freedoms. It's not like you can just walk out of this village and do your own thing. You need right. to stay here. You need to follow the rules kind of thing. Right. Death of shame. The only true evil is murder. Uh, history. Which we can get into the, with the, the ending. It was really cool. I, I like that they constantly harp on this idea of it's not an ogre. And it was like, what do they mean it's not an ogre? And it didn't really connect until that final moment when Karomaru walks out, runs out there and it's like, 
oh, no way is that where they're going with it. It's like literally she's not an ogre. She literally has been raised to think that the monster rats are her people. So, she, of course, she wouldn't care if she killed a, a quote-unquote human right. or one of the, the, the children or anything like that or the people that are in that village because she didn't see them as her people. She's seen them as the monsters. And so it wasn't until she killed the Karamaru that the death of shame kicks in and she dies. And then it was cool that Saki was struggling with it right there. It was like, that's where those mechanics, I'm just going, this is so well written. It's like right. immediately when Karamaru hits the ground and then uh, the Messiah starts choking on herself, Saki's going, I didn't kill her. I didn't kill her. I, she had to convince herself of that. Right. And that was the same with when uh, later on when she goes to kill Squealer. I immediately thought she's going to end up having the death of shame then because she knows that they're humans. But no, just before that, Sotaro specifically says they're not really humans. You can't see them as humans. It was he was in he was basically instilling into her within her still they are not technically humans. Hmm. They're and so that I thought for a minute there that it was going to break the show for me to have Saki kill off Squealer even in a sense of mercy killing. Because he pointed out that to her beforehand. But I think that note that he says just before the scene changes was specifically so that she would still be able to kill him. Okay. Pretty cool. It's interesting that he, he knew that's what she was thinking about doing. I don't think that he knew that she was going to do that. I'm just saying that because he said that, possibly gave the out right there. Okay, so why is history important? That is something that Which is, is one of the other really cool thing at the end of it. I'm saying back, I, I just don't, before, before I forget, the other cool thing was I like that they pointed all that stuff out and it's like, and that's so cool because that means only they could know that. If the rest of the village knew that, they would never be able to control the the um, the monster rats. It's like if, if the rest of the village knew that the monster rats came from humans, the monster rats would never have any fear of them because if the humans killed the monster rats they would die it's so cool i like that it's so cool like everything opens up it's so awesome do you I, get me are you following me i think i am i think i am and i'm uh, but i'm not sure it's something that they, they it's a it's a for it's a forbidden knowledge that they can never tell anybody else because then the monster rats can no longer have to fear the humans because the humans will no longer be able to kill them. Oh, I, okay, I see humans. what you're saying. They, they, they will never humans. They will never tell the outside. I, 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 I thought that the it's I not that necessarily the, biological. It's an element of mental. If they think they killed something that is possibly their own, that's right, how but, it activates. But I think that that was kind of what she was doing at the end, where they had that museum set up was so that they could understand where they came from, what was going on, and where they were shooting for in the future. If they have that knowledge, they know not to repeat the mistakes of the past. Well, the museum was just for that. It was a memorial of everything that happened, that everybody dying. I don't think the, the museum was to reveal that, you know, monster rats are humans and all that kind of stuff. It was just literally, here was the battle of... Because the, they had, like, here's the battle of the middle of the, the, the town where the, the, the floor gave in and, and Shishi was fighting them. And here's a scene where, and here is the guy that instigated it all. It was Squealer. I mean, it was literally just a war memorial. Hmm. That's what all I right. got of it, anyway. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I got gotcha. you. Um, stress is bad. Stress and bad things are just as important for child growth as good good things, which is something that kind of is kind of hinted at as they constantly are going through these uh, instances of people that are being thought controlled mind wash or brainwashed and all that stuff and these kids are growing to be a far more stronger than the uh, their peers in in that in that world 
Ritual of Passage. I love this. This was one of the coolest scenes in the show. I, I have to admit that. The Ritual of Passage is mind control, mind brainwash. Control. Yep. Um, uh, children are... This is an interesting thing. The children are told to give up their power. Then the adults turn around and return the power or give them a new power, a yeah, new, it was spirit. new power. It was simply it, a new power. And it was really kind of cool because it was one of it those was, things. It was not- literally instilling to them that this is something we're giving you. Right. Not that it's something you've gained. We got rid of that. Here's what we're giving you. So later on, if they want to, they can take it away. Right. So cool. I love that. <laughs> and it was it was like it was added to it later on when they when they run into the guy after seeing the uh, the library. He literally seals it away, and it's all in their mind. And later on, Saki kind of realizes that. I, says, I was absolutely. I wonder if I can do that ritual again and fix you, kind of thing. I was absolutely dumbfounded by they didn't even question the idea when he flat out said, "You take." You uh, stand these things up. They didn't question it. They didn't yeah. argue. They didn't. They, that is how thorough these kids are being controlled. And it's funny that the way that Saki refixes it is by doing the same thing, but it technically is not necessary. It's like she literally is doing the same process of the same processes of what they've used to brainwash the children to fix him. Right. But technically, they're still in the bounds of that brainwashing. Right. <laughs> so cool. I'm just gushing more. Keep gushing. <laughs> Keep bringing up things to gush over. See, I, I told you I like the show. I just, I had a hard time with the characters. Oh, come That's on. It. You love the show. <laughs> Don't get stuck on the characters. You love the show. Only only one group is allowed to have critical thinking to encourage leadership skills, which was what I thought was very interesting. They only allowed this one group, and I, Andrew pointed that out earlier, that they were allowed to flourish where all the other ones were kept under thought control. These were the only they, ones that were allowed. they kind of implied somehow that that's the first time they've ever done it because Tomiko said it, this was my experiment and it's and it's my responsibility. So it doesn't they don't they don't they didn't really put it as that it's always the way it happens. It's just this was her this was like a test bed for Tomiko. Right. It's also one of the things that they kind of pointed out was kind of proof of the danger of critical thinking yes. because if you critically think you tend to overanalyze things. You tend to... Which isn't necessarily a bad thing in the real world. It's just right. a bad thing in this world when you right. can, you know, kill somebody by looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get us wrong. It's like, now they're implying that we don't want critical thinkers in the world. No, it's not what we're implying. Stop. I lo- also love this little hidden thing. I don't know if you noticed it, but Minoshiro is said to cause death. The truth is that they are libraries. Yes. They are full of knowledge. Knowledge is death. I'll, I like the fact that they had the, the image within it to protect it. The way to prevent yes. people from destroying the libraries of knowledge was to have it project an image when it dies. And that's that's pretty much what was destroying the guy that uh, found them and, and sealed away their powers. That was really cool, too. I still I, – I, I, one thing I did want to check, and I totally forgot about it because I was skipping through and I got all the points I wanted to get out here, but – um, because all of this is front-loaded, just so you know. Uh, towards the end, there is a, a kind of mystery tossed in here and there, but um, they're kind of more um, answering most of the, the stuff at the beginning. Um, one thing I did want to check out and I totally forgot about was the the death of shame. The old man, the scene where he was uh, talking to Saki, and he was saying, don't you see what you're doing to me or something like that? And it had something to do with the death of shame in her. I don't know what that was. Because mm. that's the only other 
kind of death of shame I can think of. There was the death of shame of the the guy because he was seen he he's seen the Minoshiro and also he was having a hard time with the um the uh the rats, which that's an interesting thought because they said that it he because he was um perceiving them as human. Is it possible that it was because he knew that they were truly human? I was thinking about that as well. At some point when I was making my notes, I actually thought of that as well. Um, but then I realized that it had the projection. That was one of those things when I went back to no, recheck no, no. it. That was there. But no, later on during the battle, right. uh, one, uh, I think it was Sotoro or was it Shun that pointed out he's, yes. he's still getting sick. It's Is it because he's fighting all these uh, monster rats and right, thinking right. that they're human? It was one of those things where when I seen it, I was going... It was one of those things that when you watch it the second time, you start to realize those things. And I was realizing that, but at the same time, I was like, oh, yeah, but that's also right. They did point out the fact that it had the image. But, yeah, it definitely does put that little bit of in there saying technically he could have known this knowledge as well. Really cool. Really cool. Um, anyway, that that one, um, the that old man scene, which was very quick, and it was a clip, and I don't remember... And then we have uh, the the Messiah girl, um, her her shame of death. Was there any other ones? I can't think of any other ones. There was one that popped my head, but I've, I've lost it, and I'll probably think of it later and go, darn it, kind of thing. But yeah, that's, that's really all I have. I mean, did you want to dive into those stories? or? I, I, I don't think that they're going to really add anything except for the interesting kind of things you can twist them into and... Uh, and and ha- what they truly mean. I think that they're very oh. interesting on that. Now I remember, I was thinking how it was cool that Squealer was using the shame of death in battle. He was he was he was tricking the people into killing each other, but also making images, make, dressing themselves as humans in order to trick them, but also that which that triggering the death of shame. I mean, that was really cool in how that was used in battle. It was a lot of clever stuff he was using, like the the ink the ink spitting thing, and how it was exploding the the canals and stuff very clever even though i hate squealer <laughs> he was a clever general I'll, I'll give him that but he was an evil bad very very evil man that's all i got though he I, was an least, interesting at least bad i have to guy. hit myself later he was an bad. interesting bad guy that is for a fact yeah yeah well, we hope you guys enjoy this discussion i loved it we actually finally got to dive into everything even though i couldn't talk about any of it during the spoiler discussion but uh we hope you guys enjoy this spoiler discussion of hopefully i redeem myself a little bit no, you're never going to redeem yourself. I'm never going to redeem it was myself. It's a torturous watch through, <laughs> sitting over there going, yeah. I'm going, you not like No, I was doing this. And opening up his <laughs> iPad and messing with his game. But anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed this. And again, we're at talkyspirit.com. Thank you for listening. Y'all take care. Oos.